Sasha. Hey, Courtney. What do you call a reindeer with no eyes? Um... I don't know. No, don't I. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Ugh. It's what? poop out. <laughs> You're so far away from me. I am so far away from you. ever we're not physically sitting next to each other when we record i am uncomfortable i know it's very strange i don't even know that i've ever skyped with you before yeah i don't think we we've skyped together with other other people people, but we're always sitting next to each other yeah right now i could like take a picture of this setup i'll I'll do it a little bit later but like i'm currently not at home with courtney Mm -hmm. um and so i'm skyping remotely with her and then um, adding some fun since Sasha is not here, I am genuinely, I'm just in my room. Yeah, she's in her room. Mm-hmm. I am, I wonder if I can, yeah, here's that, and then I'm going to take a picture. So, like, the camera. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. Um, we're making it work. We're making it work. today. It just feels yes. weird. It's it's very strange to not be like, like, I have to look in a camera to make yeah. faces at Courtney now instead of just, like, looking over at her. I know, and I can't, like, physically shove you or anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, there's no cat on my lap. No. There the isn't a cat is... on my lap, but she's also, she's in my bed. She's And she has a cone. She has a little cone. She's a little shamed cone kitty. She does not like her cone. It's yeah. hopefully coming off on Friday. Yep. But, yeah, oh. we'll take a picture of her little setup, too. Because we're just... We're just kicking it weird this week, y'all. Again, this this will be our cat update for this episode. Her surgery went well. She's recovering as well as can be expected. My significant other has more cat post-operation experience than I do, and he, according to him, she's doing really well, so that's reassuring. Um, but yeah, she's just, you know, she's kicking it. She does not like her cone, but we're adjusting, and hopefully we'll be getting the biopsy results this week. Yay! So keep I hoping hope, for good news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then also keep, I guess if you could, just keep my family yes. in y'all's thoughts, too. Um, that E. coli, you know, everyone's been joking about the E. coli and salad and everything, but my uncle is in the hospital right now because of that, oh. and I just got an, a text update, and he coded yesterday, oh, no. but then was resuscitated. Well, that's good. So he... That's good. And then, yeah, it's, yeah, E. coli is no joke. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, but he's, he's, 
He's hanging Ca- in there. He's hanging hanging in there. So just Looks keep good. keep my uncle and Zelda in your thoughts. Happy vibes to all the people, happy vibes basically. to all the things. All the things and people and whatever. Yeah. So Yay. what is Swoop Hour? I don't know. A bummer right now. <laughs> a bummer. It's a sad hour. With <laughs> Thank Courtney you for being and Sasha. sad with us. We're being sad. It's fine. We are a paranormal comedy podcast most of the time. And we are I don't remember how to podcast now that you're not here. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're we're a it's paranormal so comedy podcast. That um, can't have conversations unless we're physically next to each other. Exactly. We're hanging in there, y'all. And you can find us on the Twitters and the Instagrams at yeah. Spoop Hour, like the name of the podcast. Follow mm-hmm. us on those places. If you have not gotten a sticker but would like one, hit us up at either of those places or email <laughs> SpoopHour at gmail.com. Yeah, I felt really silly yesterday. I was in Philadelphia for PAX Unplugged, which uh-huh. is like a tabletop board game convention. Uh-huh. And uh, I ran into one of our pod friends, um, Game Brew. Oh, nice. Yeah, over there. So we we know the Game Brew people from college, mm-hmm. um, but I was Chris gave Jack a Game Brew sticker, mm-hmm. and I was like, shit, I have all these Spoop Hour stickers. <laughs> and <laughs> that I you gave literally them all... just gave to me because I was being delinquent in sending stickers to people who had requested them. So you're going to get those stickers soon is the bright side. The yeah, downside so... is we need to sort out our sticker shit. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to send Game Brew and my other friends that I, you know, was hanging around with at PAX Unplugged stickers from Spoop Hour in the mail rather than giving them to them yesterday. Anyway, but yeah, it was really ask cool. ask us for stickers, you'll get them when you get them. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool to hang out with another, you know, pod friend in real life because Game Brew, so we, we knew them in college, but mm-hmm. they don't live in the same state as us. So. so it was cool to, like, go and, like, play games with Game Brew. Yay! Awesome. Yeah. But did you also brew with them? No, oh. no, we didn't. We didn't drink in the, in the hall. So you only gamed with game gamed. brew. You did not game brew with game brew. We did not game brew with game brew. Alas, yeah, alas. Some other time. <laughs> <laughs> it might happen though. Yeah, yeah someday. Or yeah, someday. Yeah. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Not me personally. No. Because. Um, You were sick in bed all week. Yes. Basically, I have not left my room. I've barely left my room. I had to be dragged out of the house yesterday by my significant other. And I was like, but what if something happens to the cat? And he's like, she's fine. She's acting like normal. You can go out to dinner. I'm like, but what if I can't? It's the yellow wallpaper, but with Courtney. Yeah. (laughs) And we have learned that I'm an extrovert and there is a limit to how much time I can spend alone in my room. And I hit that limit like four days ago. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a little... A little out there, so, but yeah. yeah it was weird. Yeah. I would come home after work every day, and you, it, like... I was nowhere. Uh, you were nowhere. Mm-hmm. Because usually I open the door, and I, like, see you immediately. Yeah. Based on, like, the warehouse setup, and yep. then, like, you were nowhere. Nope, because I've you been were... sequestered in my room. The bright side and... is, I've kept my sick to myself, and yeah. my cat is hanging out with me. The downside is, I'm losing my marbles. Yeah, I miss Zelda, too, because I've been seeing a lot of Psyche this week, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, I love Psyche, but then I'm also like... Where's the other cat? And I keep forgetting she's... Oh, there she is. She's having a good stretch. She's on the move, yeah. Oh, she's on the move with her little cone. She hates her cone. It's so sad. (laughs) Aww. You gonna jump down? You got it? Good girl. Yeah, you got it, girl. She is not a jingle cat. She's silent. And actually, something slightly spooky did happen to me. I, obviously, I've had a cold so i have been mm-hmm. on cold medicine i've been taking nyquil at night up until yesterday 
because I finally am starting to feel less like I'm dying. And so I believe the first night of the NyQuil, I took it. And in the middle of the night, I woke up. I had fallen asleep with my box of tissues next to me. And I woke up in the middle of the night and it was moving. And I wasn't touching it. It was just like moving back and forth. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening to me right now? It was the cat who currently doesn't jingle. So there was no noise made when she was rubbing her cone against the box. Oh, dear God. (laughs) So I guess something spooky did happen to me this week. Oh, that's awful. How about about last week? Uh, So proxy spoopiness last (laughs) week. I got dinner with my significant other's parents, and his mom told us a spooky story. They have neighbors, so they live in Pennsylvania, which unsurprisingly had a buttload of, like, historical American wars happen there. Oh, no no kidding. (laughs) Yeah, crazy, right? So just keep that in mind for context. Their neighbor (laughs) has a young daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. And their young daughter one day was waving at something, and the mom's like, oh, who are you waving at? And she goes, it's the soldier, you know? And, like, apparently the soldier likes to visit this little girl at night, and they just kind of, like, hang out. And then he disappears, and she's like, okay, well, maybe she just has an imaginary friend who's a soldier, even though they live, like, right by a historic battlefield. Uh, And she's like, okay, I guess. Well, then one day... Her husband was home, and he looked out on the back patio, and there was a soldier. Oh, uh. just, just hanging out, and he's like, I didn't see where he came from, didn't see where he went. He kind of just disappeared. So, ah. Uh. <laughs> soldier ghost. IDK. Uh, I got no answers. Uh, dang. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I guess that... that- kind of goes into like my spooky thing which isn't my own spooky thing but so last night uh, so yes yeah yesterday i was in philadelphia mm-hmm. for pax unplugged and i was hanging out with you know college friends while also covering stuff with pop culture bento yes. which uh, is my boyfriend's project so so we we're catching up and talking about like spooky things and so game brew is located um ellicott city maryland mm. and there's just a lot of spooky shit there. Like, if you literally just look up, like, Ellicott City ghosts, you get a bunch of ghost tours and stuff. Because it's nice. kind of like with Old Town Alexandria or any of these, like, other historic towns yeah. on the East Coast, you get a lot of, like, ghost shit, right? Mm. But our friend Brian was telling us about kind of, like, a local ghost thing to him. Uh-huh. Oh, God. The door just opened. And it was, no. It was just Jack. But ah, you're going to be so murdered. Sasha, run! <laughs> he brought me food. You there are a lot of orders with this premise, though, where, like, somebody's video chatting, and then somebody yeah. else comes in, and then the first person gets murdered, and the other person's like, I'm on video chat, I can't help you. Isn't that the, uh, there's that movie, The Unfriended 2, or whatever, Dark Web, that came out Is it recently? same premise? It's the same premise. Like, in the, in the trailer, you see, like, a bunch of people Skyping, they're having, like, a game night or something over Skype. You just see things going on in the other parts, like, backgrounds and stuff. It's really creepy. Anyway, so... Brian grew up in Columbia, Maryland, Mm -hmm. and he was telling us about this road called Freetown Road. Mm -hmm. And Freetown Road, you can assume just from that, like, there was, like, a a settlement uh, of, you know, like, freed slaves who, you know, set up there. And there used to be this old house, like, on the corner of Freetown Road and Mm -hmm. another road. 
And the legend is that, you know, someone's been murdered there or, you know, some, some like, angry death happened there, right? <laughs> and so there was always, like, legend of a ghost living there. Mm-hmm. And Freetown Road ends at this, like, really sharp curve. Mm-hmm. And there have been a number of unexplained accidents there. So, like, people swerving to get in the way, get out of the way of something that's in the road. But then, like, nothing is there. And so people are assuming it's, like, the ghost from that house. Right. Or a ghost from, like, the murder that happened on that property, like, getting in the way. Mm-hmm. But there's also, like, question about maybe it had something to do with, like, the Underground Railroad. Like, oh. it being, like, a like a safe passageway. Uh-huh. Because the other road that it intersects with is Harriet Tubman Lane. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of spookiness happening at that corner, at that juncture. And I looked it up on Google Maps, and it is a sharp curve in the road. And so it, like, makes sense that, like, there would be a lot of car accidents there. Mm -hmm. But the people who, you know, have been in the accidents are like, I was was trying to get out of the way. Yeah, so that was a spooky thing that was told to me. And then I guess just... I was in Philadelphia. It's an old place, you know. Philadelphia um, is right so I, I want to go on, like, a ghost tour around there because, you know, Pennsylvania had all those wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said before. Yeah, for wars. context, my boyfriend's parents live about 25, 30 minutes outside Philly. Mm-hmm. So, rife with ghosts. Rife with ghosts. Everywhere. And if you're sitting there listening, going, hmm... Do these people think they're the only people that spoopy stuff happens to? The answer is no, because we also have a listener story for today. Hell yeah! Yeah, so shout out to Drew at The Real Field Podcast. He Ooh. messaged us on Twitter with his spooky story. If you have Let's a spooky... It. Yeah, it's so good. If you have a spooky story like Drew's, email spoophour at gmail.com or contact us on one of our various social medias. <clears throat> so, over to Drew. Here's a fun spoopy moment that happened in my classroom. Every day I have journals my students do. Back in October, my kids were responding slash sharing their responses to the prompt, have you ever experienced a spooky slash supernatural event? One student was sharing about how the lights in her house, specifically those at the end of a dark hall leading to a bedroom her grandmother used to occupy before she died, when mentioning the lights the first time, the overhead lights in the ceiling above her desk flickered. Everyone, including myself, were all slightly spooked. Needless to say, she stopped sharing her journal. I tried to coax her into continuing, but she just sat there shaking her head and said, yeah, I'm good. So who's next? Oh, God. (laughs) Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Drew. That reminds me of a few weeks ago. I did an exercise with my students uh, before we started reading Beloved by uh-huh. Toni Morrison. Uh-huh. And one of the questions was, you know, go like one of the it was a, like a agree disagree. And it was like ghosts aren't real. They're just like they exist in stories and you know, whatever. And there were a bunch of kids. Like I, I asked, like, hey, like, do you, uh, you know, does anyone want to share whether they believe, you know, believe in ghosts or not? Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of kids who were like, you know, like, oh, well, you can't explain them away or, you know, yeah. like, we, we don't know that there, there's not ghosts or whatever. <laughs> there was one girl who was like, yeah, I've just had like too many weird things happen to me and my family for me to not believe that there's not ghosts. And I was like, cool. Email spoop hour at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, I don't want to, like, tell you guys that I have a podcast, but I also need to know more. Like, but also give me them deets. <laughs> yeah. I think I told, like, one class. I was like, I have a podcast about, like, spooky supernatural things. 
So if anything weird has ever happened to you, feel free to tell me about it and I won't judge you. (laughs) This is a safe space. They can also email it to us since usually I'm the one checking the email. So if they feel weird telling their teacher, they can tell me because they don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So what are we talking about today? Well, since it's now December, we have our holiday theme. The holiday theme on our podcast. Mm-hmm. I think we started that last week, we right? Did. After Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we are now, yeah, we're now in December. It's crazy. You know what's crazy? You know what else is crazy about it being December? What? Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out <laughs> next month. Or does it? It does. <laughs> it will. <laughs> That's the game launch trailer is dropping this month. So Every year it will. On November 29th, Facebook reminds me of a conversation that we had in the living room in 2015, in which you went on a rant about how Kingdom Hearts wasn't going to be completed until 2017, and you can't keep waiting for it because you're getting older, and you just don't have that much time left. And every year, Facebook is like, you posted this on November 29th, 2015, and And you still don't have Kingdom Hearts. I still don't have Kingdom Hearts, but I will have Kingdom Hearts real soon. Real soon. Like, (laughs) real soon. Like, I, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, the other spooky (laughs) thing about December is, like, spooky winter festivals, even though a lot Mm -hmm. of them don't take place in December. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at some spooky and just weird winter and snow festivals. Mm-hmm. I even have, like, two quick Christmas weird traditions because we're probably not going to do a Christmas theme episode since we did one last year. Mm-hmm. But these were two things that I wanted to talk about, and they're not enough to sustain a whole episode. So I mm-hmm. just put them here. I don't know, y'all. We're trying. Barely Hell left yeah. my house. <laughs> I'm a hermit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even at your house. No. <laughs> Which is also my house. Which is also your house. You live here, too. I live there, but I'm not there. It's a very strange, weird day, guys. This is a strange episode. Yeah, Um, I know. (laughs) The strangest season of all. (laughs) It's the most strangest season of the year. year. (laughs) Okay. It's Um, hard to sing together when you're not here. When you're not here, yeah. One thing uh, that popped up, actually, coincidentally this week when we were talking about, like, winter things is I'm in a half Japanese Facebook group and they were talking this week about how the Japanese namahage which we've talked about before what a, there must have been an episode where we did like Japanese yokai I think we and just stuff. did a full-on Japanese episode it's the baba yokai episode oh so baba yokai right very proud of that title <laughs> yeah so um we talked a little bit about namahage then um, but Namahage are these, like, terrifying demon-like deities from northern Japan. Woo. They tend to be, they tend to be located in, like, snowier areas, um, mm-hmm. just, especially if you look at the costumes for the Namahage, they're mm-hmm. all, like, furry and wooly, and they look really cozy. Aww. Like, the people who wear the costumes are definitely, like, warm. really warm and toasty. That's good. But UNESCO just actually declared Namahage to be on the UNESCO uh, cultural heritage list. Oh, nice! Yeah, and so it's this thing that, you know, came out of, you know, you know, legend and lore um, right. for Japanese people, and, like, they it's been re- recognized by the UN. And so what are 
Namahage and where do they come out? So they are these, like I said before, terrifying demon-like deities. Mm-hmm. They wear og- big ogre masks. If you look up a photo on maybe our Instagram, you'll see they're these big masks. They wield huge knives and they go from house to house shouting, are there any children behaving badly? Or, you know, are there any badly behaved children in this house? Oh, that's and, what I do on the weekends. That's right? not weird, right? And so it's kind of like, like almost like with the Krampus in mm-hmm. Europe, right? That, you know, it's it's the the guy looking for the bad children so mm-hmm. that, like, the good children can be rewarded. Mm-hmm. And Let's be real. Around the world, there's a lot of shit that wants to eat your kids if they're naughty. Right. And so the Namahage will come around. They'll be beating drums. There's usually, like, a group of them. And then the parents actually will welcome them in, and they give them, like, a special meal and sake, and it's, like, a blessing and invites good fortune for the region. And so the Namahage, actually, if you go into, like, your phone's emoji, Mm -hmm. you can find, like, very easily that Oni mask is, like, a Namahage Mm -hmm. mask. And so this happens mostly in Japan's northern prefectures, especially Mm -hmm. Akita. And it's, you know, it's not there just to scare the children. It's it is to bring like fortune, good fortune for the region. The rituals are diverse from like towns to towns. And so it becomes like a very much like like a community based, community oriented thing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And so... I'm just going to throw this out there. I feel like we'd be better off in America if we had a little bit more of, like, I'm going to eat your children if they misbehave. Yeah. Then maybe people would start to think about the consequences of their actions and maybe not be such shitheads because they (laughs) might get eaten. That was actually one of the the points that was brought up in the uh, Hafu group, um, which was, like, is this why Japanese children or Japanese people are just so like obedient and like go with the you know ex- societal expectations? If they weren't, because when they were children, they were scared into like on every New Year's, they were scared by these you know. You can't argue with that good, healthy dose of fear. Sure, it ruins your life a little bit, but then you turn out so good. Yeah, and so so this is a New Year's thing, so it is, you know, right in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all they really do is just, like, warn the kids, right? Like, you know, just you know, be good or else. And then their parents <laughs> give them, like, a little offering. But yeah, it's, see, it, like, we fucked up by being like, if you're bad, you get coal. It's like, that's, who gives Who a cares shit? about but, coal? Yeah, we need, if you're bad, something's going to eat you. Like, come on. And then there's also something else that I found recently that actually another ritual that joined the UNESCO cultural uh, heritage list, which is Mm -hmm. actually localized where I'm from, which Mm -hmm. is Okinawa Prefecture. So in Miyako-jima, which is south of Okinawa, and that's where Mm -hmm. my mom's family's from, there's a ritual about someone named Panto, which is a mm-hmm. ghost or frightening deity in that, like, Okinawan dialect. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a ghost or frightening deity. And so members of the community will wrap vines around their bodies and smear themselves in mud, and then they use a mask to hide their face. And in a zombie-like procession, they walk through town, visiting houses and smearing mud on, like, everything they pass. And there's a focus on newborn children and newly built houses. <laughs> Right, and because they're trying. Give me your to, baby. I'm gonna rub mud on because him. Because they're trying to ward off any misfortune. So this gotcha. like mud monster is actually like a good luck charm. Because the bad demons are gonna come and be like, well, this baby's already all dirty. So can we really do anything else to it? I yeah. guess we should move on. So that was like one of the things that I just absolutely loved. Like, 
we're going to scare the shit out of bad things, you know? <laughs> so, like, like, oh, you know, bad things are scary, but you know what's scarier? Us, <laughs> you know? Mud. Mud. So you know, namahage with big knives, right, will we'll get you to, to be good. Nice mahage. Uh, nice mahage, yeah. And then the other winter holiday that I have from Japan, um, so, you know, namahage are the things that are associated with, like, New Year's and scaring mm-hmm. the children. But there's a holiday called Setsubun, which yes. is usually in February. Mm-hmm. And so, like, kind of that border of winter and spring. Mm-hmm. And it's part of, it actually means seasonal division. And so it's mm-hmm. part of this, like, almost like Lunar New Year's, uh, type celebration where they're trying to ward away, like cleanse the evil from the former year and drive mm-hmm. away anything bad coming the year ahead. And so they have this activity they do that's just bean scattering. Yes. And so we did this in our high school Japanese class. And I also remember doing this at Japanese school growing up. We did this when my family lived there. Yeah. This. It was great. And it's it's really fun. And so what you do is basically like day to day, uh, like on the day, parents will often dress dress up like with just a simple, you know, mask, like oni mask or demon mask. And kids will throw beans at them and mm-hmm. say oni wa soto fuku wa uchi, which is like, you know, demons, demons get out, outside. you know, demons are outside, you know, good luck is inside. And the beans are thought to symbolically purify the home. And then the evil spirits are, you know, the causes of bad health and misfortune. So you're, you're scaring them away. Okay. So to bring, to like finish bringing the luck in, it's also customary to eat roasted soybeans or other beans and then eat one for each year of one's life. And then sometimes in some areas, some regions, you eat one extra for good luck for the year to come. So Wikipedia, my favorite, by the way, if everyone just gives $3 <laughs> to Wikipedia. My mom actually just texted me right as we started recording to say that she just gave $21 to Wikipedia. Yeah, if you just, just everyone go on Wikipedia and throw them like five bucks. <laughs> you know, yeah. be cool. We'll send you a sticker. <laughs> we'll send you a sticker. <laughs> Eventually. But you, if you might get it this, in like six months, but you'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> but yeah, if you think of this as almost like throwing rice at a wedding... Mm-hmm. right that you're trying to throw good luck towards each other Pretty so like good. if if you and i did this next year we would yes. both eat well i would eat 28 beans plus one for good luck one, and you would yeah. eat 29, 29 beans, beans plus, plus one, one for good luck so when we did it when my family was living there i really love roasted beans yeah so i wanted to eat more my mom's like but you said you're only supposed to eat one for every year you're alive so you get nine and i'm like but they're so good they're so good <laughs> Yeah, and they do these, there's, you know, you can do this just at home, but there's other places like at Sensoji in Asakusa in Tokyo, which, by the way, if any of you guys ever find yourself in Japan, Asakusa is like my favorite place in Tokyo. Are you um, serious? Because that's literally where we're staying when we're there. Oh, yeah, you are going to love it. Asakusa yeah. is like, if you go, my, I, I like going actually in the evening once everything has closed down, because you can yeah. see the shutters of each of the storefronts has oh, like nice. an ukiyo-e painting painted on it. But so cool. it's also worth going when everything's open because there's all yeah. these just like yatai, like like food vendors and like, you know, touristy, you know, like gift shops and stuff. But right. it's really fun and I, I recommend the Asakusa neighborhood. I, Great. W- you guys are going January? Yeah. Damn. Okay. So you're just like missing, you're just a little bit too early for this. But in at Sensoji, there will be like crowds of 100,000 people. Maybe you don't want to go. Wow. 
but attending these. <laughs> and then we have a panic attack, but in, like, the fun way. Exactly. But they, they have, like, 100,000 people, like, come to Asakusa to celebrate nice. Setsubun. Yeah. I love Setsubun. So that's, again, like, another one of these things where, you know, we're trying to get the evil to go away. And yes. so there's another thing, and that's, I think... We need a little more of that in America. Haha, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you think about, like, Namahage in, you know, in the new year to, you know, convince kids, like, you need to, you, you know, you need to straighten, go, up, straighten up this year, right? And then in Okinawa, this other one where it's, you know, like, scaring, you know, getting good fortune in and scaring off bad spirits and then Setsubun. You know, a lot of these things are, are good for the new year, you know? No. Get get your okay. affairs in order. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this out there. Yeah. Can we have a Setsubun party we, in February? We should. And we, we should have also, a backyard. Yeah. That's a great place to throw beans at demons. <laughs> and we should like get a little, you know, you know, in Japan they have those um at the new year they have the bamboo things of like little pine. And you oh, stick yeah. Them in, yeah, we should we should get one of those. We should, we should. thoroughly weeb out. Very, you know soothing and not full of misfortune yes let's do that let's do that we sure could use it okay so what do you got for me i have so many things hell yeah hell hell yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) so it's gonna be a hodgepodge of a bunch of like little vignettes because what i found from doing a bunch of research is while there are a lot of weird ass winter festivals around the world most of them it's like they do this weird thing it's a two-sentence explanation. Mm-hmm. The end. So we're going to start with the long one, and then we're going to get progressively shorter, mm-hmm. because the explanations are pretty clear. But anyway, so right off the bat, I would like to thank Wikipedia, go give them some money, and the Travel Channel, because they were my jumping off point. And then for this first one, I have other sources besides the Denver Channel, but I don't want to spoil the name of this festival, because it is something to behold. I'm excited. You should be. <laughs> so... In 1989, oh fuck, I was going to look this name up, Trigve Bausch took a trip from Norway to the United States. He traveled light, only bringing along his dead grandfather, Bredo Morstol. Um. Yeah, that's right. His grandpa was dead. Is and this, he brought him with him. What was that um, National Lampoon's family vacation? Yes. Yes. Where they strap, I think it's the ant to mm-hmm. the, the roof of the car. It's basically that, but with airplanes. Okay. And then it gets better. So, Bredo was on dry ice for the journey, and he was ultimately going to a cryonics facility where he would be placed in liquid nitrogen for just shy of four years in the hopes of one day science progressing enough that they could, like, bring him back and reanimate him. Okay. Then Trigve, Trig, should have looked this up, took his grandfather out of the nitrogen and plopped him in dry ice again, this time taking him to Nederland, Colorado. He met his mother Aude there, and they decided they were going to create a cryonics facility of their very own. I can't believe it. What year was this? 1989, and at this point we're four years later, so it's like 1993, 1994. Oh god. Yeah, totally legit. You and I were both alive at this Mm -hmm. point when this shit was going down, so hold on tight. Unfortunately, Trigville would get deported for overstaying his visa, but don't worry, his mom was like, I'll take care of the dead grandpa who is my father, and she moved his body to a shack behind her house, which had no electricity and no plumbing. Both the house and the shack had no electricity and no plumbing. So this body is just, like, rotting chilling. there. Literally chilling. chilling. It's just on literally chi- It's on dry literally ice. Literally chilling. God damn it. Okay. And because her house has no electricity or plumbing, she eventually got evicted because Nederland, uh, Colorado is like, you have to have these things. It's the 1990s. 
we can have nice things now. It's not the 1800s. <laughs> and once she got evicted, she spilled the beans about Bredo to a reporter. And the town of Nederlander, like, flipped its shit. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> there was existing language in the municipal code that prohibited the storing of bodies on, like, private property. Like, you had to be a funeral home or something that had, like, an explicit reason for having a dead body on grounds. Um, yeah. They made an exception for Bredo. In fact, they grandfathered him in. Ah. <laughs> now he resides in a tough shed, tough spelled T-U-F-F, where $9,000 worth of dry ice coats his frozen sarcophagus every two weeks. What's a fuck? It, yeah, he has a metal casket and it's chained to the ground because they're afraid somebody's going to steal him. And it's next to the abandoned cryonics lab that Trigvin, his mom, tried to start. And it's still filled with boxes and boxes of their, like, mad scientist notes about, like, we're gonna reanimate Grandpa! He's still frozen! So this is cool a holiday? <laughs> that's an excellent time, because as I put in my notes, but that's not a winter festival! What the fuck? <laughs> no, the celebration is the one Bredo inspired. Frozen dead guy days. What? <laughs> you can see why I did not want to cite frozendeadguydays.org as my source, because no. I did not want to ruin this beautiful moment. Oh my god. Starting in 1995, again, you and I are both alive, mm -hmm. the three-day festival offers a good time in the dead of winter with heated tents, live music, and frozen t-shirt contests. Frozen Dead Guy Days, or FDGD as they are locally known, are a livelier time than the dead guy in the name would imply. Okay. There are athletic competitions too, like ice turkey bowling, frozen salmon tosses, and a coffin race. Wow. I, I mean, that sounds like a good time, like something I want to go to, but also right. what? <laughs> so basically, six pallbearers have a coffin, and of course, there's another team member inside the coffin. Oh, God. Where's the fun and just carrying an empty coffin, I guess. And then they have to carry their coffin through an obstacle course. There aren't rules about how you carry it. You can drag it. You can roll it. You can do whatever you want okay, to. Okay, I just have to, like, don't want to be rolled in a casket. <laughs> you don't want to be on the inside. <laughs> I do That's not fair. volunteer to be inside the casket. <laughs> but you'd be so light. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know, <laughs> but I don't want to be rolled <laughs> down a hill or something. Or dragged along. Like, can you imagine, like, how much that uh, would hurt? Probably. Oh, well, they're padded on the inside. Maybe. You just gotta get, like, a quality coffin. So they award prizes for, obviously, the best time and the runner-up for the best time, and also for best theme costumes and the most notable snafu on the course. Okay. Which I pulled directly from the Frozen Dead Guys homepage. That's actually hilarious, though. Like, best right? snafu and also best costumes. <laughs> you fucked up the best. Congratulations. <laughs> I want to win best snafu and best costume. Same. So, if you live near Nederlander, please go to this and report back. It is usually held in March. Amazing. So you've got some time to plan and train for your coffin race. Oh my god. Like, please go to this. And if you have a coffin team, I want to know everything. If you've ever known anyone who has had a coffin team, I want to know everything. <laughs> Frozen like, Dead Guy Days. Frozen Dead Guy Days. FDGD, y'all. <laughs> I'm looking this up right now because I need to know. I need to see what right? this is like. It sounds like bullshit, but it isn't. It's so good. <laughs> they also oh do my like, god, I just typed in Frozen Dead and it popped up with Frozen it's Dead like Guy Frozen Days. Frozen Dead Guy Days. Yeah, it knows what you want. Oh my so, like, God. they also do, like, a polar plunge where you just, like, you put on a costume and then you run into the really cold water because Colorado is still really cold in March. Hashtag coffin kissing. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's March 8th through 10th, 2019. Colorado listeners, go to this. Please. And then, again, report back because I have 
so many questions. Their, their gift shop is called Grandpa's Gear Shop. <laughs> and there's a hat that just says, I am so dead. <laughs> and Grandpa's in the puff shed. And oh my god. Isn't it amazing? This is hilarious. <laughs> what the? As a placeholder in my notes after I found Frozen Dead Guy Days, I just put what until I could come back to it and finish my research. But, like, what? What? <laughs> this looks like some, like, hippy-dippy, like, over-the-top uh-huh. ridiculous shit. I love it. It's Polar so plunge, human foosball. Mm-hmm. Human foos... Isn't that just soccer? No, well, you're on no, sticks! You're, I, I was gonna say, I bet your arms are down. Yeah, like, you're on sticks, somebody... and there's, like, plywood, like, barriers and stuff. Nice. That's hilarious. <laughs> Every participant must fill out a release and waiver. You have to do that, too, for the coffin race. And the costume polar plunge. That makes sense. Dear God. Love, life, and immortality through cryonics. That's their tagline. Yep. Christ. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, speaking of some hippy-dippy shit, um, I do not cite this festival's website because it has no information. It's literally called, like, Whitefish Woodstock, depending on who you ask. But I'm going to talk to you about the Whitefish Winter Carnival. So shout out to TripSavvy.com, RootsRated.com, and GlacierParkCollection.com. So this one is also going to take some inspiration from the Norse, because according to legend, Ullr, it's U-L-L-R, should have looked at Ullr. The Nordic snow god came to the northwest part of Montana, and then he was like, oh shit, this place is gorgeous. I'ma set up shop here. So he brought his wife over, who was a queen, and they settled on the big mountain, and they were like, this is our snowy paradise. But there was soon trouble in snowy paradise, because a group of what, like, four different websites describe as unruly yetis came a-calling. Oh god. And tried to kidnap the queen. Ulrur was ultimately able to defeat the Yetis, and the town of Whitefish was like, hooray, because they were also plagued by the Yeti Scourge. Right. So they were like, you are our new winter king, we shall celebrate you with a carnival. So the Whitefish Winter Carnival is held every year, and revelers come together to celebrate winter by banishing Yetis into the hills. But you still might want to be careful, because reportedly Yetis are still on the lookout for a foxy lady to kidnap. Did I tell you about when I went to Disney this fall with my parents? We took, we we went in, I think we just went in like the regular line for, no, we went to the Fast Pass line. Yeah. Expedition, Expedition Everest, Everest. And we walked past the like, all of the display cases that have the thing about the, um, the um, Dietlov Pass, Pass incident. Yeah. And I was like cracking up about it. I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is the stuff that, you know, like we've talked about on our podcast. And my dad was like, this is all fake. It's all stuff, like, made for the parks. And I was like, no shit, Dad. But also, I was just, like, laughing about it because I was, like, you know, all keyed in. Like, yeah, this is the best thing. Yeti. And my dad like, is very much part is fake. The Dietlove believer. Pass very much happened. Yeah, the Dietlove Pass happened, but, like, it being a Yeti. <laughs> probably not a Yeti, though. Yeah, probably not a Yeti, though. <laughs> Prob's not a Yeti, though. But I like, I like Yeti-based holidays. I do, too. We need more of them. Yes. Yeah. And more things to scare the shit out of people yeah. into being good. Yes. So let's use Yetis, our desire for Yeti-based holidays, and our desire to scare people into being good to create something. Like, hashtag the Yeti campaign 2019. <laughs> you just scare the shit out of people when they're being a dick. Yeah. What's that? Not tipping your server? Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Tip your server. Tip your servers. 
<laughs> you ready to hear about the next one? I where am. You should probably tip before you eat your meal. Ooh. Because we're going to talk about Thoraplaut in Iceland. This one I did look up the pronunciation for. This was the point in my notes where I was like, all right, I don't know how to say words. <laughs> so because Iceland has a particularly dark and dreary winter, because they're up in the Arctic Circle, so that's why you get the northern lights, but you also get cold as fuck and no sun sometimes. during the so- year. Sometimes? Sometimes. Sometimes. I was holding a burp. Nice. If you must know, I'm very classy. Ha, 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 The Icelandic people have come up with a really great way to banish the winter blues, though. Mm-hmm. They literally eat winter. Okay. Yeah. So Thori, who might be the god of winter, he might be another name for Thor, mm-hmm. or he might be a king whose last name was a variation on snow, manifests, they believe, in certain foods. Mm-hmm. And what foods, you may ask, before you want to celebrate Thoraplaut in our household? Fermented shark, okay. boiled sheep's head, and ram testicles. Mm-hmm. So either to force out Thori or just to show him who's boss, historical Icelanders will eat these things exclusively for the month of January. So they're going to eat ram testicles and, like, fermented shark for a month. Huh. Although, in modern times, most people will only do it for one night in January, uh-huh. and so they'll, like, dress up. It's like a big holiday, so they, they get dressed yeah. up, they invite over friends and family, and then they eat a bunch of, like, cultural Icelandic foods that are an acquired palate because many of them are fermented in, like, sheep intestine. I mean, I like fermented things, but you'd have to tell me what I'm eating, like, after I try it. Yeah, I feel like if someone told me this is a ram testicle, I'd be like, absolutely not. Is it going in my mouth? But if after the fact you were like, this is a ram testicle, I'd probably be mad, but I would have at least tried it. Yeah, it's kind of like when I was growing up and my mom had me eat something called gyutan. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is delicious. This is delicious. This is delicious. And I ate so much of it. And it was beef tongue. <laughs> or like, I, there's this one kind of soup that I just absolutely love. And actually, mm-hmm. tonight I get to eat it. Um, but it's called nakamijiru. And mm-hmm. I it's like one of my favorite Okinawan soups. But mm-hmm. it's actually pork intestine. Oh! But as a little kid, I didn't know. And I just thought like these, you know, funky gray noodles were like just yeah. delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have I to tell me after. Cornbread. Yeah, I would only eat cornbread if it was called yellow cake when I was little. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't like corn. I don't want cornbread. Oh, but yellow cake is fine. Do you like corn now? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, it was just when I was little. Yeah. You know. I love corn. And like, when we were living in Japan again, I knew how to read hiragana. Yeah. Because we had on base, we had like a Japanese class. And we used to go to our local, like, convenience store and get, like, these pre-packaged dinners, like, every couple of weeks, and they were awesome. Yeah. And I would get one that was, like, a variety pack, but the only part of it I would eat was chicken, because I knew it was chicken because the the box said pori. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then my parents were like, you should eat that part, too. And I'm like, I'm not eating that, because I know something in this box is oyster, because something is labeled kaki on the front. Right. And I'm not fucking with that, because I am not about oyster life to this day. My parents are like, no, no, it's just a different part of the chicken. Just eat it, just eat it. And I was like, you're not pulling this shit on <laughs> I can read hiragana. <laughs> yeah, and I still bring it up to this day. That's so they funny. They did not fool me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> parents, lie to your kids. It's fine. <laughs> All right, you ready to travel over to Hungary? I am. You have a hunger for Hungary? I have a hunger, and the only cure for it is more Hungary. Good, because we're going to talk about Buso Yaras. So because, much like Iceland, they have a really rough winter, in late February, Hungarians decide to push out winter with a festival in Mohawks. Mm-hmm. 
But how do they celebrate? Why, just the traditional way, you know, donning nightmare masks like these. Oh, no. Oh, get that Hi, out of Sasha. my face. We love you. You know, it's funny. Don't worry. That reminds me of Namahage a little bit. Yeah. yeah. When you were describing Namahage, I was like, ooh, wait till we get to Hungary. I feel <laughs> like they would be friends with Namahage. Like Hungary, look- what, Germany, like basically <laughs> Northern Europe. Yeah. All of Healthy Japan. Dose of fear. Healthy dose of fear. And this is great because this is also very similar to the Namahage lore. Yeah. Because, so they put on the nightmare masks, they put on furry coats. Huh. Yep, just like Namahage. And they ceremonially burn a coffin to symbolize the retreat of winter. Oh, Christ. <laughs> the mask wearers are called busos, and 500 of them arrive via rowboat for the festival each year. And then they march through the city and burn a coffin in the, the town The coffin square. is empty, right? Not unlike the No, it's, it's all of a run. team member. <laughs> you do an obstacle course with it in a costume, and then you burn your friend alive. Oh, good. It's fine. No. Ritual no, sacrifice. I'm assuming it's empty or has, like ceremonial trash placed in it like the things you want to burn and let go of okay so historically the most popular legend associated with this festival posits that when the ottoman empire occupied mohawks the townspeople started living in the nearby swamps and woods to avoid enemy troops and being killed and or tortured true one night while sitting around a fire an old sokchi man who is um croatian but that's that's like a specific old-timey part of Croatia, Mm -hmm. and I looked up the pronunciation for it. He appeared from nothing in the night, and he said, don't be afraid, your lives will soon turn to good and you'll return to your homes. Until that time, prepare for the battle, carve various weapons and scary masks for yourselves, and wait for a stormy night when a masked knight will come to you. Mm. Then he disappeared. The townspeople were like, this seems like an old man that we can trust. So they followed his instructions, and then one stormy night, the masked knight appeared, and he led them to where the Ottoman troops were hanging out. Okay. They put their masks on, made a ton of noise, and between that and the storm, they scared the army so badly that they ran out of town. Kind of namahage Kind of, Yeah. Yeah, like scaring away the bad stuff. There are variations on the story where the Busos scared away winter itself. Yeah. Not specifically the Ottoman Empire, but like winter was frightened because of a storm and scary masks. But isn't the Ottoman Empire but, like winter? <laughs> yes. Yes. It is. Now is the In winter way, of our aren't discontent. We all like winter. <laughs> <laughs> now is the Ottoman Empire of our discontent. <laughs> all right. Our discontent. Yes. Disco. Dis- Go disco tent. I'm calling this episode disco tent. I want to be a disco tent. A disco tent. I want to be a disco tent. Okay. Okay. All right. You ready to cover some weird Christmas traditions? Please. Christmas is only, what, 23 days away from our recording and 21 days away from. Oh, God. 21 days away from when this posts. Anyway, so, first weird Christmas shit that we're going to talk about is Noche de los Rabanos. Is this Spanish? Yes. Do you want to guess what Rabanos is? Mm. You don't, because you're going to be wrong. I'll be wrong. (laughs) You will be. So, shout out to Huffington Post, HostelWorld.com, and the BBC. So, in December, Mexico has a very creative way of getting festive right before Christmas. Mm -hmm. On December 23rd, they celebrate Noche de los Rabanos. The Night of the Radishes. Yeah, I would never have gotten there. 
No, it doesn't sound like radish. No, it doesn't sound like Rabanos. Rabanos. It's fun to say, though. So, in Oaxaca, artists compete for the most elaborately carved radish to act as a Christmas centerpiece. Okay. Radish growers will grow radishes up to six pounds wow. in weight, which is fucking huge for a radish. And they will carve them at a three-day-long festival. Some popular motifs include the nativity scene, wildlife, and mission architecture. 12,000 pesos are awarded to the grand prize winner, and the results are just something. All right, you ready to see some radishes? Yes, I am ready to see some radishes. Here we go. Damn, that is some intricately carved radishes. What the? Oh, just you wait. Oh, wow. What the? Hello. Hello. It's us, your radish friends. I am a radish friend. Wow. We'll post these on the Instagram. Yeah, they get, like, intense about it. And, like, a ton of people will come to this festival, which is great. That's that's wild. Yeah, so these are these are people attending the Radish Festival. Oh, wow. This is a big, right? big it's, yeah. It's legit. Yeah, so that's the Night of the Radishes. You ready for some more weird-ass Christmas stuff? Yes. Whom Among Us? So I named this part of my notes, Ukraine is aggressively pro-spider, and I don't care for that shit at all. Aww. Hold on tight. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like this. A popular tradition in the Ukraine is to add spider webs to your Christmas tree because of a legend. A long, long time ago, a poor old widow lived in a rundown shack with her children. They were plagued by the cold and damp and generally led bleak lives. The children chose a young evergreen tree from the front yard to serve as their Christmas tree, but because of their level of poverty, once they brought it inside, they had nothing with which to decorate the tree. That night, the widow cried herself to sleep at the state of things because she couldn't decorate the tree for her That's kids. so sad. The household spiders heard her despair, so they spun webs around the tree to serve as horrifying sticky butt juice decorations. But in the morning, the sun hit it and it looked pretty or whatever, so the widow never wanted for anything again. I don't really know how that's connected. If, like, it's not gonna, like, feed you or anything, it's just weird spider butt stuff. Now it is common to add spider webs to your Christmas tree to bring good luck, at which I would like to say, any spiders listening to this podcast, please do not do this to our Christmas tree, I will burn the house down. I guess two thoughts. One, maybe it looks like snow. You know when people put, like, the white fuzzy stuff on their... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe it looks like that when they do it. But then also, I was thinking about that episode of Bones, where, like, uh-huh. the explorer, like, they find his body attached to a tree via... Uh, what was it? Uh, it was, like, caterpillar webs, like, cocooned oh, his body yeah. to the... Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was where my head went. They had pictures... Let me find it. Yeah. Do they actually look like spider webs? It kind of just, I mean, like, it depends. So you get a lot of, like, this, which is, like, a sparkly representation of a snowflake spider web. Yeah. And then you'll also get, like, straight up Halloween style cobweb. Oh, that's fascinating. No, it's unacceptable and weird, and I don't like spiders, (laughs) and I don't want it to happen. My grandpa's (laughs) from Ukraine, and I didn't know about that. Ask him if he's ever put spider webs on a tree. Yeah, I'll ask him and my grandma. Yeah. That's funny. And if not, it's not too late to start. Just don't bring it in here. I'll I'll do it at my parents' house. house. I'll do it at my parents' house and then, yeah. All right, and then one last real quick Christmas thing before we get into the Mac Daddy of all winter. Oh, hell yeah. So let's talk about Norway and its anti-broom Christmas because on Christmas Eve, it is not uncommon in Norway to hide all the brooms and even fire a warning shot into the air. Because 
commonly, witches are out on Christmas Eve, and witches love brooms. Give that bitch a broom. Bitches love brooms. <laughs> Give bitches love brooms. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's all it is. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the end. The end. That was the story. I was like, yeah, I was like, there's no story to this. It's just like, Bit- I don't know. Witches, witches love brooms. Okay. And if we keep the brooms out, they're going to be like, oh, this house has brooms. I'm going to steal one. And that's not. Okay. Cool. All right. And let's talk about the last festival I have to talk about. It has nothing to do with Christmas, but it is traveling back to where we started this episode. Ooh. Over to Japan. Japan. For Hadaka Matsuri. Yes. The Naked the Festival. The Naked Festival. So shout out to japantravel.com and theculturetrip.com for telling me more about my new favorite festival. Mm-hmm. So right after Setsubun on the third Saturday in February, Okayaman men come out in droves to celebrate Hadaka Matsuri. Oh yeah, they the do. Festival. <laughs> it's sometimes called the Naked Man Festival because only boys get naked. Hmm. I don't know if the mic can pick that up, but my toilet ghost is going on. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> See? It's a toilet ghost. I wasn't anywhere near it, y'all. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, traditionally, the men who participate will wear a loincloth, which is a fundoshi, mm-hmm. and maybe a short hoppy coat, although very rarely some guys will actually do it fully in the nude. Remember, it is the third Saturday in February. There are very few parts of the world where it's not cold as fuck, and they are either fully nude or in a loincloth. Good. So, this is not the only naked festival that Japan has. There are different ones around the region, mm-hmm. but this is the most famous one, and it's held at the Sai Daiji Temple in Okayama, and this is where the practice originated. On average, each year, about 9,000 men will don their loincloths, and about 30,000 spectators will watch from a safe distance, covered in layers and probably drinking hot cocoa and being like, ha better you than me, pal. So why do they do this? It's because they are trying to attract luck on one of the year's coldest nights. Yeah. According to legend, the Hadaka Matsuri supposedly represents the historical struggle between low-ranking Shinto priests, Mm -hmm. as well as they are trying to set up, and I cannot make heads or tails of this, but they try to set up an unlucky poor man as a noble who is unwilling to take the role. I don't know what that has to do with being naked. I don't know if they strip the poor man. I don't know, but that's what they do. Hmm. It's fine. So the loincloth wearers will march symbolically down the street to the temple, and the Shinto priests will throw bundles of lucky sticks into the crowd at exactly midnight. Oh, hi, Cone Kitty. Come here. (gasps) Cone Kitty wanted to come on my lap. She's so cute. She's so good. Yes, that's that's the mic, Cone Kitty. Get in there. Yeah. Just tickety-tack away. All right, so... They also turn off all the electric lights to add to the experience, so it's pitch black, it's freezing, and they're throwing bundles of bamboo sticks down into the crowd. Okay. The goal is to get a stick and be the first person to stand it in a box filled with rice called the masu, uh-huh. and then you will get good fortune for the year. Okay. And I have a cat. Button. You do have cat. You have, like, a tail sticking out of your head. Oh, like she's I just, like, a- whacking you with oh, it. Oh, she's, she's just, like, really getting in there. That's so it funny. full-on cat butt. See, she's clearly doing fine. Yeah, she's doing fine. She just has yeah, to Yeah, so that's girl. the Naked Man Festival. And I'm going to take a picture of, like, my greasy-haired self getting a cat ass to the face. I... That sounds really fun. Naked Man Festival. Yeah, so if you're in Japan, I think this year's is on February 19th. Make your way over to Okayama. I'm just going to miss it because we'll be back. We fly back on February 1st, so we're missing Setsubun and Hadaka Matsuri. the Naked Man Festival. Yeah, yeah and that yeah. one, again, is, like, this purification thing. 
Yep. Yeah. Put on your get get luck for the entire year. And thinking about like February being, you know, if you're thinking about Lunar New Year, right? Yeah. That it's like a new time to start anew, or if you're thinking about like spring just around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe like being naked is like you're you're closer to purity in that form because you're like closer to how you were when you entered this world. Yeah. I. <laughs> I apologize if you're hearing wrestling sounds. Zelda is now, like, full-on on the microphone. Oh, there are a lot of YouTube videos that say, see thousands of naked men battle over lucky sticks in Okoyama's Hadakama oh, City. Yeah. They, like, they will legit. Like, I read an account of... I think he was an American. It, he was not Japanese. Uh, he was a tourist in the area, and his friend was like, let's do this thing! And he's like, okay. And, like, there's a locker room where communally everybody gets ready, and there's, like, one experienced man going around wrapping everybody's loincloths uh, for him. Because there's a specific way you have yeah, to do it. Yeah, for the fundoshi. Yeah. We'll post we'll post a picture of it, but basically, like, the back of it is essentially thonging it up in the butt cheeks, and the front of it is your standard, like, loinclothy thing. So... He got all wrapped up and he's like, you know, my friend told me, like, try to keep your arms down because people are going to be, like, really getting into it because you really want that fucking good luck. Yeah. And there's 9,000 people and there's only, like, I want to say, like, a dozen Mm -hmm. sticks. There are not that many sticks. And some of them are associated with, like, you win, like, a cash prize or a prize of some kind, according to his account. But I couldn't verify that anywhere else, so I didn't mention it. But, like... Oh, haha. Okayama City, their prefecture has like yeah. their official tourism website and they have photos and there's like gaijin, like foreigners participating yeah. in it too. That's so funny. Yeah, it's like a it's a huge thing yeah. like Oh, they have fireworks. Um, I read, yeah, I read multiple accounts where it's like you'll get like upwards of like 40,000, 50,000 people who come yeah. and only 9,000 of them are like actually stripping down. So everybody else yeah. is just there to watch. Some of the guys look really cold. They're like oh, grabbing I mean, themselves <laughs> their shoulders. They're wearing next to nothing yeah. and it is not a hot night. No, it is not a hot night. That's so cool. <laughs> so cold. Yeah. Hey, so cold. So cold. So cold. We can celebrate that one too here. <laughs> No, that's With okay. all, like, four dudes that we know. With, yeah, all four dudes that we know. Yep, and we'll throw sticks at them. We will throw sticks at them. Which is what we do anyway, but now we have a reason. We have a reason to throw sticks at men. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> finally. Yeah. <laughs> the holiday we need. I might call this episode finally a reason to throw sticks at men. <laughs> we alienate part of our listener base. Woo! Woo. <laughs> Enjoy your sticks, y'all. Yeah. No, I'm calling it that other thing that you said. What was it? Disco tent. Disco tent. Yeah, that's what we're calling it. All right. Well, that's been our Wait, hour of. Spoon. I've got one more joke for you. Ooh, hit me. What's an ig? <gasps> I don't know. What is an ig? A house without a loo. Hey. I just wanted to end on some jokes. toilet humor. I love it. Yes. And it's literal toilet humor. Yeah. It's not like a poop joke. It's literal toilet humor. Yeah. Toilet. A snow yeah. house without a loo. Ah, good times. I will say, so we were we were doing our joke research at, before we started recording, and I was scrolling through, and I didn't get some of the jokes because they required me to know what a certain kind of, like, bird was, and I'm like, I don't get this joke. Yeah. But it's requiring me to know what, like, an Arctic, like, Maris is, <laughs> and I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. It, I know what an Arctic tern is. Yeah. And do you know what side of the Arctic tern has the most feathers? No. The outside. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm looking at that joke right now, and I didn't even... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even press What do you get from Amazing. sitting on the ice too long? 
I saw that one. What was it? It was Polaroids. Polaroids. <laughs> That's really gross. <laughs> we're just, welcome back to Spoop Hour, where we're just going to do dumb jokes, like, for increasing portions of our recording right. session. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Well, this kicks off our month of holiday spooptacular. We're going to try and keep it, like, holiday adjacent yeah. for the next coming weeks. We're just going to get, like, we might not be doing, like, literal holiday stuff, but, like, holiday-related things. Yeah. So, you know, enjoy our holiday music. We sure as shit do. Yeah, we definitely do. If you've got any suggestions for topics that you want us to cover this month, please let us know. Yeah, because we have, like I said, we have enough to get through the month. But, you know, if you have something, we can always combine some of our topics because they're probably dumb and yours are probably great. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about, what was it, fairies? Yeah, we're going to talk about fairies. We're going to talk about elves. We're going to talk about, like, weird-ass dolls again. Weird-ass dolls. Because there are some dolls that I learned about and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I literally put in my notes for, like, the week that we do them. I was like, like, these dolls that we learned about that were upsetting. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah! Right. Happy holidays, y'all! It's about to get real spoopy. Spoop, spoop, spoop. Jingle, spoop, jingle, spoop, jingle, jingle spoop. all the spoop. <laughs> oh, what spoop it is, it is spoop, to spoop, spoop and a one spoop, 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 spoop. spoop. Lisa Lucas from Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits. I'd like to start a movement where we spend more time loving on our friends because although friends are important to us, they're often in the shadow of other relationships. So if you want to love on your friendships a little bit more, embrace friendship a little bit more, or just appreciate your friendships a little bit more, then this podcast is for you. We'll explore all the different ways friendships take place, share the amazing stories of friendship, and discuss best practices for the difficulties that friends may experience. It's time to embrace friendships because without our friends, who would we be? So check out Best Forevers on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other podcasting listening venues. And be sure to follow Best Forevers Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Wait. Right? Oh, no. You're right. I just, my notes fucked up. Where's my... No! You son of a bitch! Not you, obviously. Yeah, not me, obviously. Obviously. Huh, obviously. Not I'm bitch. not the son of the bitch. That's not what I opened, Google. Okay, I'm gonna... Where is it? Because there's supposed to be, before we get into Christmas parts, actually, I have one other festival. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for some reason that ended up at the top of my... Whatever. Okay, so we'll do Christmas and then we'll cap it all off with, like, the weirdest of all okay. the festivals. It's not that weird. It's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. Anyway, whom are we to say what's weird and what isn't weird? Ha ha.